You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life, wherever you are today and however you are listening today, call me Mr. You, the podcast. We thank you again for making us a part of your morning, your day, and your week. We're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Thank you again for joining us. You know where you can find us, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, the Twitter machine. Thank you again for all support you get to our show. Thank you for liking and subscribing and sharing us with others. We really appreciate it. And if you were not aware, we're de- definitely excited about what's going on on our social media platforms and around the world even. We're getting a lot of uh, incredible testimonials and we're hearing a lot of things that uh, we believe that the show is encouraging. People are thinking differently. They're looking at their life a little bit differently. And we believe that God is doing incredible work through this show. So we're definitely excited about what's happening and definitely excited for you guys and your part in supporting us. Of course, you can do that. Of course, there's some that support us financially with uh, donations. Uh, you can find that through our Buzzsprout link on all of our social media platforms. But, of course, you can definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just press the little white subscribe button and Incredibly, when you press that button, our podcast will begin to spread and it will begin to be able to be heard and, and, and broadcast in places outside of just the local and regional areas. So we believe that you're subscribing to our show makes a difference. So we're definitely thankful for that. Please continue to keep doing so and please continue to keep sharing and listening. Go change the world. Uh, one thing that the Lord's been feeding on feeding me from this topic for quite a while. I probably even go as far as to say it's been over 25 years, which is a really long time. Uh, But I've been always dealing with things relating to foundation. Uh, I'm not architecturally inclined at all. I'm not a building builder per se. Uh, I don't even like when we have a box that comes with us in the mail and had to put a table or a chair together. My wife enjoys it. She did it as part of a profession uh, many years ago. For me, I don't find it enjoyable or I enjoy being with her and doing it. But for me, it does, it's not fun for me to try to put A with C and put B with D and make sure we had the right hex screws. And it's not fun. <laughs> I had to play music or something to make me. No, at least somewhat excited about the project, but so I'm not architecturally inclined. I just said it just to say that even though I'm not, I believe the Lord's been dealing with foundation with me for a very long time. 
differently as long as I've walked with the Lord. And I believe that through it, I've been drawn into what I believe is a a, a confirmation of my of the apostolic influence on my life. I mean, if I was building a successful business, which I definitely endeavor to do in a couple of areas, it starts with this. If I hope to develop a healthy, fruitful marriage, which I, I definitely do, we're going into our 27th year uh, pretty soon. It starts with this. If I desire to cultivate strong, enduring relationships, we'd also have to prioritize this particular thing. What's that thing? The foundation. The way of the world around us is to go higher, stretch wider, add more, and then some more. Get bigger, get broader. So few of us want to go deeper, though. That's where the foundation is. Before you can add a story to a building, and any architect with their salt can tell you this, before you can add a story, you definitely have to build a foundation first. Our house was built from the ground up. I'm sure your houses were as well. Before you can add on to the structure of the house, you definitely have to have a foundation first or you'll have a nightmare as soon as you decide to go upstairs. It's not talked about much, but the tragedy that happened in Miami a couple of years back or so with the high-rise apartments was a great example. Not a great example because it was not it was something that was tragic, but it's a good example of what I'm trying to talk about today when it comes to foundation. It took years to discover that there was a foundation problem. I think that's really hard to understand for me personally, but it took years to discover that there was a foundational problem with those structures. Not weeks, not months, not days. It took years to discover this. And look how it was discovered. Small incremental cracks, splits, rifts gone unnoticed until one day, boom, life-changing event all over the national news because of a foundation problem. Somebody wanted it taller. Somebody wanted it higher, but it wasn't stronger because of a foundation problem. Wisdom says in a place historically where there's tidal waves, where there's been flooding and still is flooding from what I'm understanding. Heavy storm impacts, tornadoes, Typhoons, things of that nature. Stronger should be the consideration rather than higher and taller. Strangely enough, it's not. Foundation problem. I referenced it several times in many episodes over the seasons that we started this show. And I think I keep on reminding myself of this and I keep on sharing it with you guys because I believe it's relevant. In Genesis chapter 11, the story of the Tower of Babel is just so it's surreal to me for a lot of reasons, but it just hits the mark when it comes to foundation. And I think about that stuff all the time. And the reason why the story is significant, if you haven't been aware of it, essentially, long story short, there were some individuals, uh, Babylonians, I believe they were by uh, by culture. They were concerned about their legacy. The world was changing around them. People were growing, armies were being formed, legacies were being built all around them that they were not included with. They were not involved with. They were not a part of the group. 
They were not a part of the family. They were not a part of the growth movement that was taking place. Uh, They had the opportunity to do so in some areas, but they decided that they wanted to secure their own legacy outside of what was taking place. They were separatists, to put it lightly. They wanted to do their own thing and they wanted to be away from everybody else and separate. They don't want to be a part of the community. They didn't want to be a part of the brotherhood. They wanted no part of the movement that was taking place in their time. So somebody had a bright idea that they were going to make an impact in the biggest way possible. So what they decided to do was to build a tower. Doesn't sound like it's a big deal, but the whole plan was that they're going to build a tower that would reach so high. It would be so tall and so far that it would even reach to the very heavens. All with the purpose of getting God's attention to be relevant in their own life. To have a legacy outside of everything else that's been going on to establish their own, not to walk in any patterns that were already preset, not to walk in the legacy that was already being built around them. All they had to do was yield themselves to it. And they would have been a part of an incredible blessing. Incredible legacy, but they decided not to do that. They wanted to build their own so they can say, I did this. I built this. This was built by us for us. So they endeavored to go ahead and build a tower. And they were pretty successful in doing so. Partly for one small reason, because they had unity between them. And what they were attempting to do, the foundation of their tower was to establish their own legacy outside of God. They wanted the tower to reach heaven so that God would notice what they've done, but they weren't going there to seek him. They weren't going there to find him. They weren't going there to to love him and be close to him. They weren't there for any other reason except to establish their own name, their own greatness, and leave their own mark in history. They didn't care about what God wanted out of their life. They were only concerned about what they wanted to establish. Essentially, it was an artificial attempt to get credibility. How many of you guys can relate to doing that or seeing that around you? Artificial attempts to get credibility or to get God's approval by circumventing God's methods. Anybody guilty of that out there? Trying to get God's approval while circumventing God's methods? In 1 Corinthians 3, 10 and 17, Paul talks about how he's a master builder. That phrase stands out to me because he didn't say, I'm a builder. He said, I'm a master builder. As in, I have put in the time and the effort and the understanding and the wisdom and the knowledge and the education to be able to consider myself a master at doing what I'm doing, whether it be building churches and ministries, establishing missions, whatever it is that he was doing, which is all of the above. But he called himself a master builder, which tells me that there's still other builders around. They may not be masters, but they're still builders. He separated himself by saying he's a master builder. So that means that there are other builders. And that really spoke to me because, like I said earlier, when boxes come to the house, there are tables and and chairs and cabinets. I dread it. I actually have an audible sigh like, I'm going to put this together. I don't have fun with this. It's not fun to me. I don't consider myself a builder, but the Bible considers me a builder. Paul said he's a master builder, but I'm a builder. You're a builder. We're called to build something. 
If you look at verse 11 through 17, you'll see that it identifies us as builders and we're responsible for the work that we build. I mean, I, I sigh about looking at the instructions when furniture's coming to my house. The F screws go into the B board. The C screws go into the A board. It's a known fact for anybody that knows me intimately. I enjoy puzzles and I love mysteries. But I don't enjoy putting bicycles and dresses together. Go figure, right? But the fact that I don't enjoy this work doesn't negate the very fact that it needs to be built. And I'm a part of the building process. But if we don't pay attention to foundation, if we ignore foundation, anything that we build is going to be built in vain, not very effectively, and we will lose time, money, resources, etc. I think we confuse our lack of enjoyment with the details of the building process in this life that's been graced to us by the blood of Jesus Christ with the obligation that the same grace provides. I think we get that confused. We think if we don't like it, we shouldn't be doing it. I mean, there were times when I was a recruiter that I had people who didn't want to take jobs, didn't have a job now, strapped for cash, needed money, but they didn't want to take the job because it was a, a kind of work that they wasn't going to like. So they decided I wasn't going to do it. And that's fine if, that's, if you have the ability to do that, to turn down jobs, to turn down opportunities to do things. To me, it's weird. It's weird to me because we, I think in, the, in our spiritual walks, we confuse our lack of enjoyment for the details, our lack of enjoyment for the process with what our obligation is in said process. Yes, we have free will. No question. But doesn't John 15 and 14 say that our friendship with God is contingent on our doing what he commands? We can't call ourselves a friend of God, call ourselves connected with God. Or, connect, or connected with the work that he's doing if we won't do what he says to do. We sing songs about being a friend of God. But what does James 2, 22 and 24 said? Friend of God is going to obey God, right? Friend of God is going to do what the Lord says to do. It sounds super spiritual maybe to some of you, but it really isn't. It's, it's just about simply obeying instruction that you're given because we don't know. We don't fully understand. In in that same passage in James 2, we understand that Abraham was considered a friend of God because he believed God. He operated in faith. Even when I get those packages to the house, even though I don't enjoy the process, I know that those boxes are going to go in the garage and we're going to uh, break them down. But something's going to be built and it's going to be built according to specifications. It's going to be connected correctly. It's going to be able to stand up so we can use it functionally in our life every day. So even though I don't enjoy the process, I know it's going to be built. There's no question of that for me. I just don't enjoy the process, but that has nothing to do with my responsibility to complete the work, to do the job, to complete the assignment. See, Abraham's faith and his actions were working together. That's That's why he was considered a friend of God. His faith and his actions were working together. His faith was made complete. Because of what he did. I'm going to say that again for those in the back that might not have heard that. His faith was made complete by what he did. Not what he said. Not what he talked about. But what he actually did. Scripture said that Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. It was put on his tab as righteous. 
and he was called God's friend. Imagine that. You see a person that's considered righteous by what they do and not by faith only. The Babylonians weren't trying to build a tower that reached God's throne because they were seeking relationship. They didn't want to be his friend. They weren't, that wasn't their goal whatsoever. They, want to, they didn't want to understand him better, understand the historical God of ages. They didn't, understand, they didn't care for that. They didn't want to understand his mysteries. They didn't want to hear prophetic words and wisdom from his lips. They didn't even want to see what heaven looked like. It wasn't even part of their interest. They were seeking equality and relevance in a space that was made by grace and sacrifice. I'll say it again. They were seeking equality and relevance in a space made by grace and sacrifice. See, we got a foundation problem because we have a relationship problem. Buildings that fall, we even heard of, of that in passing in scripture. You build a house on sand. When the winds of change blow, great is the fall, right? If you build your house on a rock, on something solid and substantial, when the winds of change blow, the house may take a beating, but it's still going to be able to stand. And that's the difference. And we don't address foundation near enough. We call ourselves believers, but foundationally, we're weak. We are open to every idea that the world has to give, whether it be about a, a national holiday or whether it be about a clothing choice or whether it be about <clears throat> words that we say out of our mouth that are acceptable in the world, but maybe not acceptable in spiritual circles. We have weak foundations, but we want to build. We want to grow. We want to have prosperity. We want to have more wealth. We want to have more relationships. We're going to have more influence and clout, but our foundations are weak. So what we're trying to do, essentially, is take a weak foundation and build on top of it. What happens when the winds of change blow into your life? We have a foundation problem because we have a relationship problem. We're building towers that go high. We seek relevance by doing works. But God doesn't want big towers. And God doesn't want big temples. Believe it or not. Despite what you've been what you've been hearing, the truth is God doesn't care about our big towers. He doesn't care about our big temples. We're seeking relevance by trying to do works. He's more concerned with our works and our faith lining up together, like Abraham's did. That's why he was called a friend of God. But Scripture teaches us in the in the Psalms that God wants something even more than that. He wants a broken spirit, a contrite heart. He wants humility. That dictates that we come to God and how we look when we come to him. If nothing else happens in your spiritual walk, that's where the foundation is. That's the foundation of the human man. The heart from which every issue flows. And if you build right there, if you build correctly and diligently and effectively in that place, everything that we add on will be able to stand wherever you are today. And however you're hearing, they call me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope this was a blessing to you. Hope this touched your heart. Hope this encouraged you about foundation. We'll talk about it more in future episodes. But for today, thanks for joining us. Thank you for subscribing to our show. Hit the white subscribe button on our link on our YouTube channel. Excuse me. And wherever you enjoy your podcast, thank you again for subscribing and sharing us and listening to our show. Have a wonderful day. We definitely appreciate you guys. Enjoy the music. Coach out.
Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.